You're listening to the Propane Fitness Podcast, your ultimate resource for fat loss and muscle gain with none of the gimmicks. With your hosts, Yusuf and Johnny. Simple rules, dramatic results. Hello, Yusuf here. Johnny is currently reluctantly in Cyprus at his third reluctant wedding this month. I've been at one reluctant wedding this month where I didn't know the bride or the groom and had to go to the west coast of Wales. Always great when the bride and groom uh, make their mates go to the arse end of nowhere for their wedding. But um, yeah, so just me today and I thought I would deliver to you guys a fun-packed episode. I'm going to be covering some of the experiments that I'm doing right now, why I'm getting blood tests and sleeping on the floor, also not using deodorant for the next three months, covering the dark side of caffeine, what's coming up with propane and a few topical or hot topics, uh, particularly testosterone and TRT, testosterone replacement therapy. Also a couple of Q&A. So I told you it'd be a fun packet, fun packed episode. Now, the first thing is if you follow us on Instagram, you'll know that I have just come back from Chiang Mai in the north of Thailand. And we've had a few messages of people asking for advice that they're going soon or, or going to Thailand or Asia, or Vietnam. And if they have, if I have any recommendations, well, the first thing is that as soon as I arrived, it was sweaty. So I got into the shower and electrocuted myself. So I guess the first thing is don't touch the circuit breaker in the shower um, or your trip might be cut very short. Um, also on the plane, I was naughty and I didn't turn off my phone. I left mobile data on, fell asleep. The plane was only half an hour into the flight. So I was just still over the UK woke up to a text message saying, Hey, um, welcome to Aero Mobile. You are being charged £7.20 per megabyte for mobile data roaming. I was like, oh my God. So I checked into my data analytics and it was like, you've used 526 megabytes of data, which worked out to something like £3,700 of data usage. And I just sat there mincing in my chair, having immediately turned off airplane mode, spent the rest of the eight hour flight, absolutely terrified that I'm going to have to sell the car, sell the house, sell my kidneys. Um, Luckily, it didn't work out that much. I don't know why it said that number, but absolutely heinous. I mean, if you have, because basically they've just like chosen to charge whatever they want without the consent of the uh of the phone user yes i was naughty yes i left my phone my mobile data on but bloody hell like you could very easily accidentally watch a film or something on your phone and then come back to a 50 grand bill so for heaven's sake turn off your mobile data the other thing about chiang mai is that it's very cheap pretty cheap to live in it hasn't been touched by the um sort of tourism rip-off uh, industry as much as other places and you can still do the touristy stuff the elephant sanctuary nature trails temples boxing all that stuff and do it pretty affordably um, and i think part of the um, appeal of chiang mai is that because it's so cheap you get a lot of digital nomad wankers um sort of laptop entrepreneurs going around in collective working spaces and it, it obviously it attracts that because it's a great place to live and it's cheap as well so you can live on the kind of currency arbitrage um or the, the you know living on a, a better exchange rate and a better quality of life if you're earning um say uk or us salary living over there 
and there were a few people that we met who were basically working for Canadian companies or US companies and having a really good quality of life in terms of where they were able to rent and so on. Some weird things about Chiang Mai. The only songs they play in any public establishment are weird, like, second-rate cover songs of pop tunes from about four years ago. So they must be really heavy on their copyright laws or something. There's also hundreds of latex shops, like absolutely hundreds, all selling latex pillows. And I don't understand, like, how one city can buy so many latex pillows to keep all these shops afloat. Um, what else? I got heckled by a prostitute um, on my way back from the market. They they kind of hang around the bars, and she was like, she was saying, hello, how are you doing, come in. Um, I was like, no, thank you. And she was like, what matter with you? Are you gay boy? I'm like, oh, great. Okay, so I was being heckled on my way home by a homophobic prostitute. Awful. Anyway, um, what else is there? There is a women's prison rehabilitation centre. And what I quite like about the culture is that there's a lot of the theme of giving people a second chance. So homelessness rate is extremely low because everyone has taken up, anyone who's down and out is taken up by the the monastic system and so anything like so orphans that aren't able to sustain themselves or the homeless or the infirm are all um offered to to ordain as a monk and they have a much better quality of life unemployment rates are extremely low and uh women's prison so anyone who so basically ex-prisoners are set up in these establishments that are like spas basically that uh, that you can go to um to build up their work experience so went for a cheap spa and massage with my girlfriend at the women's prison very good um and it's quite a legit place as well obviously because they have to uh have to make sure that you're not going to go back to prison again so you can always guarantee that you go to a legit place there uh, getting ripped off is not a huge amount of a concern but nobody takes credit card cash only pretty much everywhere the only place that took card was mcdonald's and the women's prison and I, I guess that's just because they are so heavy on anything illegal that they want to make sure that uh, there's no money laundering or whatever going on only thing i would say as far as getting ripped off is get a thai sim card don't get a tourist one the thai sim card genuinely cost me a pound equivalent so 50 baht or 48 baht for a month of unlimited data and unlimited Wi-Fi. It is throttled, it is quite slow, but to be honest, you're not going to be using mad amounts of data. It's just enough to be able to check where you are on the map and unlock your Mobike. So if you're in a city that has Mobikes, those are the orange bikes that you see all over the city, um, lots of them in the UK, that was £3 for a month to use. So again, much cheaper than renting a bike. So 100% recommend getting a Mobike, you can obviously pick them up and leave them wherever. There's thousands across the city. Um, other things to do, obviously, if you have a multiple entry visa, you can go into Vietnam or the surrounding countries, Myanmar and so on. And the food is incredible. So you can eat out for every meal of every day for less money than it would to cook one meal at home in the UK. It's absolutely phenomenal. Um, if you don't eat pork, then you have a problem. So I am a non-porker and there are so many like pork only restaurants or food that just has hidden pork in 
if you have any allergies as well, like I would, I would say because Johnny is allergic to peanuts, he just literally shouldn't go to Asia as a whole because they just don't care about allergies. I think they think of it as a very white person thing and they they just see it more of a preference than this might kill me. Um, and on the menus, most, most stuff isn't in English. You just kind of point at things on the menu and hope for the best. So best thing to do is if you have an allergy, bring an EpiPen or just don't go at all. Um, eventually I, I tried to avoid pork and then towards the end, like you'd order something like a chicken salad and it would have bits of pork hidden in the noodles. And I'd be like, right, I'm just going to have to accept this. It did make me realize how fussy eaters we are in the UK as well. Some of the stuff in the food is just from all sorts. And I imagine China is a whole nother level of crazy stuff in the food or, or, you know, fried scorpions and so on. Um, would I recommend going to Chiang Mai? Yes. It's fantastic. I've, I've not, I didn't manage to go to Bangkok, but I've not heard good things. Most people said it was just hectic and chaotic and more people are trying to rip you off and everyone's hassling you and so on. So yeah, not great. Also, someone asked, why did I go to Chiang Mai? I was on a medical elective. So on a five week medical placement there, um, pretty interesting. There were some tropical diseases and odd signs that you wouldn't normally see in the UK. Saw a guy with a spleen the size of a football and a lot of, uh, you know, yeah, quite unusual conditions that you wouldn't see in the UK. Also made me realize that people whine about the NHS, saying that it's under-resourced and poor quality delivery of healthcare and all this. But to be honest, you get such a perspective when you go there and you see that the the waiting room for emergency medicine is lying on the floor in the car park. And you're like, you know what? Maybe it's not so bad. So yeah, that's the roundup of Chiang Mai. Definitely would recommend if you are going on a holiday you want to go somewhere in Asia that's not a hectic city, relaxed enough. There's enough to do there to live for a month plus easily without getting bored of things. So, yeah, do it. Anyway, blood tests. So I said I was getting blood tests. What I'm doing is I saw a interview with a guy called Anthony J. He is a biochemist in the States, and he's very much... He's very big into the xenoestrogens, which are the environmental estrogens that we're exposed to every day. And he talked about the the effect of this stuff. And this is kind of a yeah, tinfoil hat moment, but the thing that actually convinced me to start doing this experiment, and I will be documenting it, I'll put an article up about it soon, is the extent of or the the, the doses that we're exposed to of estrogen day to day. Now, he said that we have on average, men and women at their baseline estrogen should be around 20 nanomoles per deciliter. So 20, remember that number. And when you account for all of the environmental exposure, it can bring our numbers up to hundreds or thousands of nanomoles per deciliter. So several times the resting amount of estrogen. And he puts this down to, um, or he puts down the, uh, increase in prevalence of obesity, um, gynecomastia, so man boobs, and worsened sex drive, worsened sperm count in men, um, sexual dysfunctions, and, and increases in a lot of uh, hormone-related cancers, down to this exposure to estrogen that we're getting day to day. So I thought, right, what can we do about this? And he, he talks about some of the environmental sources. Luckily, we're not sources as in HP source or chili source, but um, 
Luckily, we're a little bit more insulated in the UK. In America, there's much less regulation over the estrogens in plastics and meats and dairy and that kind of thing. But we still do have a lot of exposure, particularly receipts, detergent. So yeah, receipts, I know, like touching your skin on receipts can be enough to um, affect your blood levels. I told you the tinfoil hat's coming on. Detergents, scented uh, shower gels, shower, uh, shampoos, that kind of thing. Most types of plastics, particularly things like plastic bottles and containers, um, colognes, fragrances, aerosols, like any of these things have some level of estrogen in them. And it's not, it's not straight up estrogen, it's some kind of um, synthetic chemical that essentially mimics estrogen or activates the estrogen receptor in the body and will still have that negative effect on your physique. So if you're somebody who wants to be leaner or wants to be stronger or wants to be bigger, which is probably most people, then this is fucking your physique and it's something that you really want to um, pay a bit of attention to. So I thought rather than wait for the studies to come out and see about this, because there's always so many extraneous variables at play, I thought I'd like to find out for myself realistically how much of an effect is this going to have on me so i've got a blood test i'm going to run that today and then over the next 12 weeks i'm going to be removing scented deodorants shower gels any kind of um, external estrogen and start using glass as my main container for drinks and uh, and food um, there are a couple of approved plastics as well that I'll go into that um, if you look at the label on the bottom, the recycling label, I think it's numbers two, four, and five that are okay, but one, three, and the other ones are, are, are more estrogenic. Um, I'll double check that though. I don't want to give you the wrong wrong information there. Um, water filter on the kitchen tap, all of those things, basically minimizing the exposure to environmental estrogen and see how much of an effect that has. It does feel like a bit of an uphill struggle because so many things have this in that you can't completely cut your exposure to it, but there's certainly a lot that you can do. One unfortunate thing he said is that because estrogen is such a stable molecule, it doesn't break down very easily when it goes through water filtration systems. And so over the years, people taking the contraceptive pill as well as the environmental um, exposure tends to increase in concentration over the years in the tap water. And so even tap water, we are still getting some low dose exposure to this. Now, I'm going to give it a go. I'm, I'll track a bunch of metrics, um, obviously body weight, measurements, strength, muscle mass, all the different sort of correlates of estrogen and testosterone and we'll see what happens over the next 12 weeks i'm not expecting miracles but given the and, and i we, we knew about this for some time i'm sure you've heard of this stuff but it was really hearing this guy talk about the actual doses that we we're being exposed to it's so high that it really is something that is worth looking into um if it was just a minimal amount then fine but if it's hundreds of times um the natural amount that we that we should be getting or that we should have in our bodies, then it's maybe time to start putting up the defences and see what happens. So we have had a few questions from people about testosterone, specifically how to increase testosterone. And the, I think this has been quite lucky because we, we've interviewed a, a guy recently who has been on testosterone replacement therapy for a few years. 
having diagnosed having been diagnosed with low testosterone and it was affecting his physique he was able to lose fat but he wasn't able to gain any muscle or any strength and he just found that he was only able to gain fat it was affecting his mood gave him some anxiety and depression and all these things and so he went on trt and it had a profound impact on his life and we've got a full interview with him as well as some recommendations on how to get onto trt um, in the uk so i will refer you guys to that interview because that's going to be a much more complete answer to that question. However, I do have a comment on people wanting to increase testosterone for testosterone's sake, which is that testosterone is a proxy. Now, if you ask most people, and this is the same as body weight, people are like, I want to lose weight. It's like, do you really want to lose weight, or do you want to be leaner and look better? Same with testosterone. It's like, do you actually want to increase your blood level of testosterone, or... Do you want more muscle mass to be leaner and improved sex drive? Yes, those things are correlated with testosterone, but we're actually looking for the effect. We're not looking so much for the the blood result. And uh, I had a chat with John Fawkes the other day, so that interview is coming out soon. He's a, he's a big uh, biohacking uh, enthusiast. And we were saying how you know there was this study that came out a while ago. You might have seen the TED talk about it, about power poses and how if you stand in a certain way for two minutes the the claim was that it improves your testosterone cortisol ratio now that study has recently been found to be bunk there was some statistical massaging going on that um, affected the the results and it's not actually doesn't have any effect on your hormones but it does have an effect when it's been replicated on subjective mood and your ability to believe your own thoughts now really that's the thing that you should be chasing anyway it doesn't really matter what your salivary cortisol is because whether even if that drops massively but you don't feel any different then so what so it's something that's important to bear in mind like i do have something coming up on how to improve your testosterone anyway for the people that still want to do this but the important thing to bear in mind is that that's not the specific thing that we're chasing here the same as you know if anyone said to you i want to lose weight yeah same thing so the other way to approach this is when you're running experiments on yourself, track the outcome that you're looking for. So rather than saying, oh, I'm going to get all these blood tests, like I, I'm doing that as well for completeness because I, I want to be able to demonstrate something to you guys that's beyond the subjective. But when it's for your own sake and you're not trying to really prove anything, then track your energy levels, track your libido, track your morning erections, track your training quality track your sense of um, sleep quality or aggression, all those things, because they are the ones that they're going to affect your subjective day-to-day experience much more than any kind of blood result. I hope that makes sense in terms of trying to track something or same with like blood sugar control, insulin. It's more about, do you feel tired during the day? Do you feel like you have a lull after eating a heavy carb meal? Because whatever your blood glucose is doing is irrelevant if you feel terrible or if you feel great. Hello, Johnny here. Just a short interruption to this episode. I know what you're thinking. This show was brought to you by none of that. Trust me. We have something completely free, something to give you today. So we're aware that 
you guys who've been listening to our podcast you've heard before us talk about the show notes and other places to go to download things from propanefitness.com but we want to give those of you who listen to our podcast something completely different something completely unique that we don't provide anywhere else so we want to give you something that is actually a membership area or a membership portal where we have loads of free goodies some downloads some things to watch some trainings and some free presentations that we want to give you all bundled together completely free All you have to do is go to propanefitness.com forward slash gift. There's no email opt-in. There's no enter your email and receive this. It's completely obligation-free. You just enter your email, enter your username rather, and your password, and then you'll be sent login details. So completely free. In there, we have some training on the 3i formula. That's the framework that we use with all of our coaching students and loads of other free goodies. So that's propanefitness.com forward slash gift. Head over there now. Pick up your free training and we hope you enjoy. Hope you enjoy the rest of this episode and we'll speak soon. My stomach just rumbled there. I don't know if that uh, picked up on the mic, but the reason for that is that I've had a coffee this morning on an empty stomach. So I've been doing a caffeine reset. Well, I say that, I just haven't had any coffee for the last two or three years. Um, Mainly out of having used to have this major addiction to caffeine and so I thought right I'm just gonna go cold turkey and not abuse this drug because coffee was starting to own me now we have an episode on this of the podcast on how to reset your coffee addiction which is basically you do it over three weeks let's say you have three coffees a day currently you take the final coffee that you have in the day say that's say you have your coffees at 9 a.m 12 p.m and 3 p.m Take the 3pm coffee and replace it for decaf. Do that for one week. Following week, replace the midday and the 3pm coffee with decaf. And then the third week, replace all of them with decaf. Stay off the coffee for a few weeks after that, and then start to reintroduce it. I guarantee you will improve your sensitivity to caffeine, so you're able to get more out of less. That way, you're still getting the benefits that you were looking for from coffee, and if you're drinking decaf, you can still enjoy the taste if that's what you if that's what you like particularly. But also, you're not having so much that it's affecting your sleep negatively, affecting your recovery, and all of that. And the big downside to this is that you know, and I, if you follow us on Instagram as well, we posted about this recently. But if you think you're this kind of some kind of hard bastard that doesn't need uh, that doesn't get an effect from coffee, like, oh no, it doesn't affect my sleep because I'm really hard. I guarantee it does, just because you don't perceive that it, it worsens your sleep quality. If anything, if you're drinking coffee so frequently that you, you you might have even dulled your ability to sense that because you wake up in the morning, you're groggy because your sleep quality is worse. And how do you know? You're asleep anyway. Um, you wake up, first thing you reach for, more coffee. Keep yourself awake. And then you're in this endless cycle. And I realized that since when I didn't have any coffee, I wasn't falling asleep during the day, wasn't tired, energy levels were stable. And I realized that actually... By the time I was abusing caffeine, all it was doing is bringing me up to baseline rather than um, beyond baseline. And that's why it's important to reduce your dose so that you're really getting more out of less and you're using it as an enhancement rather than as a way to bring you back up to normal. A lot of people don't like the concept of this and they're like, no, no, I'm not addicted. I just really like heroin. And that's, that's the problem. This is exactly how an addict talks. Nobody thinks they are addicted to anything. And... I see this a lot with weed smokers, actually. They're always like, oh, mate, but like, it's not physiologically addictive, so I can't be addicted. And this is the, the person who's smoking 15 joints a day. 
It's like, that's irrelevant. The fact is, if you stop it, you start to get antsy, withdrawal symptoms, angry, all you can think about is your next is your next fix of whatever it is. And so that functionally is addiction. And so it's important that you don't get owned by the substances that you take or the, the enhancements or whatever they are, and that you're able to use them to your advantage and to, um, to be able to improve your life. So I guarantee, I guarantee you will get some benefits from this. If you're teetering on the edge, do the caffeine reset and stop being a pussy about it. If you're going to rationalize your way out of it and say, oh no, it doesn't affect me or whatever, then fine. But just realize that is a rationalization. If you were to replace that with smoking weed, for example, and you heard a friend saying those excuses, coffee makes me more productive, coffee makes me a better person, etc. Would you still give them as much credence? So do the caffeine reset. Um, We talked a bit about habits over the last few weeks as well on the Instagram story. Again, follow us on Instagram if you aren't already. It's uh, We've been trying to be a bit more active recently. Um, one of the main things was there are two ways that a bad habit can come into play. One of them is faulty belief, such as... The, so I'm always late for everything, just perpetually. And it comes from the faulty belief that I can get ready for anywhere within a 10-mile radius in 10 seconds, which is obviously not true. And that is a belief that is fueling my behavior, causes me to wait until about one minute before I have to be at the place. And then I'm like, okay, I better start getting ready. So the solution there is recognize where the belief is faulty, correct that belief and operate from that place. But the other place that a bad habit can come from is the standard cue habit reward mentality. So you wake up, the cue is you've woken up and you're feeling groggy. Um, The habit is you reach for your phone, you start opening the news feeds, you scroll, look for the notifications. And the reward is the little dopamine surge that you get from seeing those notifications. So the solution is if you change the cue, you change the habit, then you can seek a different reward. So as as an alternative, if you want to get the same kind of reward, waking up, that's the cue. The habit could be stepping outside, doing a quick stretch, doing a sun salutation or something, getting the sunlight. The reward is feeling better, feeling more awake. So being able to replace those things consciously, knowing what your cues are, and then starting to stack those habits as well is a much better way to develop a string of good habits in the day. So stacking habits, this is something like you pick a habit that you're already doing such as you wake up, you brush your teeth, or you wake up, you make a make a coffee. You then start to add things onto that. So when the, ke- when the kettle's boiling for your coffee, you do some hamstring stretches. When you've done the hamstring stretches, you go brush your teeth. When you've done that, you sit down with a coffee to meditate, etc. And then you can start to tag new habits onto that until you've got this string of habits that the first domino kicks them off and then the rest of them are automatic and there's no willpower required to develop that new habit. Cool. Another question that we've been getting recently is what app do I use to track my training? So I'm going to write an article about this and go into it in a bit more detail, but the app I'm using currently is called Heavy Set. It's only for, is it only for iOS? Let me check. Heavy Set Android. I think it's for Android as well. Um... 
Yes, it is. Fantastic app. Well worthwhile getting. It tracks your total... Oh, no, it's not. Sorry, Android users. Your fault for having a shit phone, but I've... Uh, no, it's only for App Store. But I think the strong app is equivalent for Android. Anyway, what it does is it, it gives you a graph of your total weekly volume and total exercise volume as you go along. And really, this is the only only metric that I use at this point to, to track my training. I don't take the mick and you know try and hack the volume by doing a thousand reps with empty bar, for example. But as long as you vary your intensity within sensible parameters and you're incre- increasing your weekly volume, then if you want a really minimalist approach, and I've been doing this at the moment just because my time is so scarce right now, is the best way to make sure that your progress is is still going up. Because if you're lifting more in total each week or on a trend basis, then you know that you will be gaining size and you'll be gaining strength. And then you start to hit rep PBs just naturally. So if you want the most minimal way to track your training, if you're going through a busy period, obviously there are benefits to tracking on a spreadsheet and doing things a bit more systematically, but the most minimal approach is heavy set. So give that a shot. Um, It's very customizable. It's minimal. A lot of these workout tracking apps are so bloated and bollocks just because they are... They've got all kinds of um, video guides and all this stuff. And it's like, look, I don't care. I just want to track how much weight am I lifting for how many reps. So if you're like me and you're hearing that, you're thinking, yes, download Heavy Set, give it a shot. Another question we had is salt. So someone said, um, is there any problem with um, eating more salt? How does it affect my body weight if I'm trying to make weight for a competition? So the short, short answer is, Salt will increase your body weight short term because salt increases blood volume and as a result, blood pressure. That's because you've suddenly added in a solute into your blood. So your kidneys have to then try and dilute your blood more by bringing in more fluid into your blood. So blood volume in your vasculature, in your vascular system goes up, blood pressure goes up in the short term. Now, is that a problem? It's not really a problem if you're healthy. It's not a risk um, for your heart or, or, or stroke or anything in the short term. But with most things, it's prudent not to take the piss. The other thing is that, um, the nice health guidelines are to eat less than six grams of salt per day. Now, even if you don't add salt to your food, you're most likely getting around that just from general meals, particularly if you eat ready meals and that kind of thing. There are, increases in correlation between salt intake and stroke. And so if you have a predisposition to heart cardiovascular diseases, stroke, heart attacks, then that is something that you want to consider and not to overdo it with the salt intake. Obviously, the biggest things with um, minimizing your cardiovascular risk are making sure that you're getting health checkups, that you've not, that you're getting your, any kind of hypercholesterolemia controlled. So if you've got high blood lipids or high cholesterol, and also just simply being lean is a huge, huge protective factor. So get lean, minimize your salt intake. It's not rocket science. The other thing is that if you're dieting, salt increases or stimulates overeating because If you eat salt with a fatty meal, it will dull the satiety response to fat, meaning you won't feel as full from the same amount of fat. And if you think about that, if you have a nice, like, fatty, salty burger, 
then you're able to eat more than if it had no salt on. Same with variety as well. A food with 10 things on the plate and you're just dipping dipping into loads of them is going to cause you to eat more total calories than a food with a, sing- a plate with a single food on. So like just potato, for example. That's the thoughts on salt. We had another question on caffeine. Benny Turner sent us a message saying, I've seen your message about caffeine, coffee reset. And there was something that I mentioned on there saying that caffeine suppresses the vitamin D receptor and so may make you more susceptible to seasonal affective disorder, which is the kind of winter blues that you can get. I certainly got that when I was hammering the caffeine at work uh, in the winter when I wasn't getting much sunlight in the office. And he said, my girlfriend didn't believe me about um, the vitamin D receptor. Please can you send me a citation or a reference? Now, yeah, there's a few studies that talk about this. The difficulty is that there are other compounds in coffee in tea, in Coca-Cola, all these things. And so it's difficult to isolate, is it caffeine without doing a specific study on this? But what the links of the observational studies have shown is that, yes, generally people are more vitamin D deficient when they consume more coffee. Tea doesn't seem to have the same effect. There was a study on um, Korean kids and found that, uh, on a, yeah, found that most of them that drank more coffee were vitamin D deficient. In fact, all of the the coffee drinking group were deficient in some way, but to different extents. Another study showed no effect from drinking coffee on vitamin D, but did find an improvement from drinking tea. So obviously we have to look at the balance of evidence. Now, one of the other studies showed that there is an increase in bone loss in older women with more caffeine intake. So that's obviously one of the most significant signs that if you're losing bone on that, then that's a that's quite a major sign of vitamin D deficiency. Now, mechanistically speaking, there is a plausible mechanism for vitamin D receptor to be suppressed from caffeine. And there are also other compounds. So I mentioned Coke, Coca-Cola, that has phosphoric acid in it. And that is a pretty, um, has a negative effect on bone density. So if you're drinking lots of Coke, there's also a, uh, there's a study on um, sperm count as well. So if you're one of these people worried about testosterone, sperm count, fertility, that kind of thing, then drinking a lot of Coke or Pepsi is not going to be a good idea from that perspective or from a bone density perspective. So what's the solution? How do we avoid this? The answer is cycle your caffeine and supplement with vitamin D. Doing both of those things is going to at least offset some of the downsides. There are benefits, there are other health benefits to drinking coffee, including cardiovascular benefits, which is interesting, which you wouldn't think from taking a stimulant. Um, but yeah, at least that will hedge your bets and help you out on that side. So that's it, guys. Um, coming up, we've got a few things on fear setting. So this is an idea from Tim Ferriss. It's the shadow side of goal setting and how you can apply that to your training. It's about taking all those unconscious beliefs and obstacles that get in a way, get in the way of us achieving our goals and bringing them into consciousness so that they're actually much more tangible and not as scary as they seemed when there were this vague sense of, oh, I can't do that because what if this and what if that? And, uh, and also really highlights the cost of inaction, which is the greatest cost of all because not acting and not improving on your physique or on your um, health, on your business, on your... Um, family life, any of those things has, so not taking steps towards it has a definite certain downside. And 
that's the only thing we can be sure of. And the, the cost of regret is so great. If you telescope that out three years in advance or 10 years in advance, and you think, I didn't act there, or anything, even if you think five years ago, if you'd just done what you said you would do, how much different would your life be? And that's the most painful thing to look at. And it really highlights that and kicks you into action. So we'll talk about how to apply fear setting into your training and into your goals. Um, also, we've got something coming up on how to maximize your testosterone naturally and a interview with a guy who was on TRT. Also, the interview with that guy, John Forks, that I mentioned, who talks about how to improve your libido and your sex drive and your sex sexual performance specifically. So that's independent of testosterone. That's really um, how to focus on those outcomes specifically, as well as some metrics to track any kind of self-experimentation. All right, hopefully that was useful. Let us know any questions that you have, we will address. Um, just shoot us a message on Instagram or um, Facebook page, any of those ways, and we will get back to you. All right, guys, speak to you next week. Hey, Johnny again. Hope you enjoyed that episode of the Propane Fitness Podcast. Just a short reminder, if you're listening to this, driving in your car, and you're thinking, man, I really wish I had a reference that they made in minute five or 10 or whatever to that thing that they were talking about. Well, we've, we put together show notes for these podcasts every single week. We give you timestamps. We give you links to things we talk about. And we also give chances to grab free things, bonuses, etc. So head over to propanefitness.com and grab the show notes for this episode over there. Also, if you want to be notified of these podcasts when they come out, if you want free subscribe, subscriber-only benefits, Stick your email address in and grab our free downloads, one of the many free downloads if you go to propinfitness.com and the homepage. There's a big red banner on the top of the website. Pick up that free ebook, that free download, and we'll send you emails whenever a new podcast is available. Just one short reminder as well. As you are a podcast listener, you have access to our exclusive free gift that is available nowhere else, and that is at propinfitness.com forward slash gift. Shh.